everyone. This is Florence Bremer. I'm your host of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a weekly podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for over 21 years. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between my work life and my personal life. This week's topic is going to be called Loving Your To-Do List. I was trying to think of a name over the last couple of days because I was thinking I wanted to talk about to-do lists, and I kept thinking of tackling your to-do list or conquering your to-do list. And I thought, well, why not love it? Because um, here's a one confession that I have. Number one, I love lists. I love making lists. I love working through the list to a certain extent. You know what I mean. <laughs> but it's like the sense of satisfaction that you get when you finish that list or you finish um, some things on the list. And so I just wanted to talk about to-do lists a little bit for today, especially because we are about two weeks away from Thanksgiving, six weeks approximately from the holidays, and I know everyone has all sorts of to-do lists um, that may look different from other years, you know, Um, this is going to be a different year, but there's still things to do. So number one on your to-do list, write it down. There is a variety of ways that you can keep a to-do list. I keep a variety of different to-do lists. So I have my calendar and outlook. That's my day-to-day schedule. And then every Friday, I write on a weekly calendar the week, the upcoming week. I do that for a couple of reasons. One, I like to just carry around Um, a calendar that shows me what my week is going to look like. And also by writing it down, I'm also anticipating it. On this same list, I write down a, I make another list, which is, so there's my calendar and I make a list of my projects that I'm working on. So over, um, you know, every week, I'm always working on multiple projects and some don't make the big list because it's smaller things that I can finish up in an hour or two. But there's usually anywhere between three and four projects with a due date that I need to get done. So those are on my list. And whenever I have time, I'm working on those. Then I also have my personal to-do list. Those can be shopping lists. It can be lists that remind me that um, my daughter Maggie has dance on Wednesday and just her regular school schedule that's on there 8 30 to 3 30 that's on my list as well so um, just a variety of different lists and then throughout the week I may make a list of all sorts of things sometimes I make a list of movies that I want to see or um Um, One time I made a list of my favorite movie quotes. It just kind of was like sticking in my head um, different movie quotes that I say 
mostly with my husband. And then so I just started making a list. I just made a fun little list in my phone. That's obviously nothing to do with work, but just showing you like the type of lists that I make all the time. And um, so just commit to writing it down, like have your written list. You can do it in your phone. There's apps for it. Um, I know a lot of people like Evernote. I tried it. It wasn't for me. I am more of a pen to paper type gal. Sometimes I'll use a legal pad and I'll think through a project and that will be a list. So just a, a way, there's just a variety of ways to do different lists. Two, which is sort of goes into one, is have separate lists. And um, you, you may have a personal list, you have a work list, you might kind of combine them to a certain extent. I know there's things I have to do in my personal life, and then there's things that I have to do in my um, work life, and there's lists for all of it. I'll give you a little tip of something that I do on my Outlook calendar. When I have something that I need to schedule in a few months, I will put it on my calendar as a date, and then it will pop up in my reminders of something I need to do. So a big one for me is usually like a yearly doctor appointment. So um, my yearly doctor appointment is going to come up in January. So I put on my calendar for January 4th or 5th on a time slot at 7 in the morning, make a doctor's appointment. So that'll pop up. And then that way, I don't have to have a list that I, that I have to carry around for three months to remind me to make a doctor's appointment, I'll be reminded in my Outlook calendar. I don't do that on everything because it will crowd my calendar so much because I have so many um, actual court appointments and, and business appointments. But there's a, several things like that where I can put it out a few months and then it'll remind me when the time comes that I need to do it. So that's kind of part of the, the list making too, is keeping a, a very, very detailed calendar. Another thing is set some deadlines for yourself, even if they're not a real deadline. I have plenty of real deadlines. I have motion deadlines for, um, for litigation. I have deadlines to get exhibits into the court. I have deadlines for opening briefs. Like you name it, I have deadlines for it. And um, sometimes though, I give myself a deadline that's not the actual deadline. And I do this a lot where, say for example, I have an opening brief that is due on the 25th. I may give myself a deadline to have it on the 17th for my initial draft to be done. That way, number one, there's some built-in cushion. Two, by the time I've done my opening brief, I have I usually want um, my associate to look at it, take another look at it, fresh eyes. And then also, if it's the type of thing that a client needs to look at, then the client has a chance to look at it as well. So these deadlines before the deadlines are very, very helpful. When um, another thing is make a list from what you have, and I'm trying to do this and trying to think of an example like for all businesses, but 
Um, I'll give you an example for me in, in the practice of law. So oftentimes I have meetings with clients and I take a lot of notes. And then I look back through the notes and after the notes, I write a list, a to-do list. So it could be something like if I'm meeting with a client who is having, say, a business dispute, I get all the information. And then on the page after the information, I start writing down what I need to do. Sometimes I do this actually while the client is there because I'm thinking out loud and telling the client what we need to do. Like example, um, open the file, number one. Number two, send out a demand letter. Three, calendar the demand letter due date. Um, number four, if no adequate response on the demand letter, draft the complaint, and so on and so on. And this can also happen when I receive a minute entry from the court. So most of the time when you have a hearing, you get a minute entry from the court. And usually what I'll do is I'll print those out and I'll make a to-do list on the minute entry by reading through the minute entry and seeing what the judge wants me to do. Make an exhibit list. Number one, do a joint pretrial station. Number two, joint pretrial statement. Number two, three, draft motion and limine. You know, whatever it is that it needs to be done can be done from that. So it's kind of like making a, a list of action and doing it contemporaneously when you receive the information. So like, for example, if I have a meeting with a client, immediately after the meeting or in the meeting is when I am the freshest. So I can make the to-do list from that. If, and then another thing on your to-do list is if it is something that you can put the brakes on for a little bit, put the brakes on it. Like know when to table something. That can be a discussion with a client. It can be, um, where, for example, where you're waiting for more information. I, I think there's a lot of times where in the, in the attempt to give my client like the most current information, sometimes I think I may jump the gun. Like I'll give the client the information and then two days later we get another update. And so that information is moot or void. And so now I have to like start over. That's one example, but I think there's lots of examples where you can put something on hold um, for a little bit. It, something, most of my things, like the vast majority of the things I do has some sort of deadline, but every once in a while I'll have something that will have a deadline that's far out or not have a deadline. And so I'll, I'll table that. I'll put a pause on it. Or what I may do is work on it a little bit at a time. So if I have something that doesn't have a deadline, maybe I'm going to devote five or six hours a week to it rather than sitting down and doing it all when I have things that have deadlines. So prioritizing your work is, is very important and putting a pause on what you can do is very important. This used to happen to me quite a bit in where I had a lot of conflicts with this in situations um, where I had out of office conferences or I had 
social engagements or maybe like client engagement, like so, so many things where I didn't necessarily have to be there. I would want to be there because say it was the support of a client or a family member. But I also got to the point where I realized I couldn't be everywhere all the time. That's kind of lessened up to a certain extent because you just don't have those sort of social obligations anymore. All conferences, any conferences that I'm involved with have all become virtual and I don't know when in-person conferences will um, start up again. And in the past, I would go to several out-of-state conferences. I, I will tell you this though, I miss it quite a bit because it was such a great for me, that was the best learning experience for me, which was to physically leave the state so I could concentrate on whatever it is that I was learning. Um, so it's it's a challenge for me to do the, the virtual learning, and I know I'm taking a little bit of a detour here, but uh, just the, another example of um, getting things in and calendaring things in. And I'll tell you something that has popped up so much um, since March is that there are so many virtual webinars. And initially, in March and April, when my court calendar basically cleared out, I, um, I signed up for every single one. And I realized I was over scheduling myself with these webinars, I was signing up for literally everything. So I still do sign up for quite a bit because I want to, uh, the other thing about the virtual webinars is that there's a lot of ones that are cost free. And I always figure if I can get the information and it's not costing anything, I'm going to take advantage of it. So that's another thing to kind of like work into the to-do list is that you can, on a to-do list, you can spend your whole day answering emails and working on documents, but you need to do other things for professional development. It might just be texting another attorney or doing a Zoom coffee meeting or actually meeting for coffee at this point. Just you have to take care of other things of your business rather than just um, morning till night emails and, um, and meetings. You have to take care of your business. So um, that's sort of the taking a pause where you need to take a pause, which is you can't just work all the time. And in fact, I was um, attending the AWLA conference virtually, of course, on Friday, and they had a lot of attorneys talking about how different things have been since the pandemic. And most lawyers and business people that I've talked to, the experiences are very similar I, I hear of <laughs> these situations and I don't feel like um, I like that I personally know these people. I feel it's more of like what you hear in a magazine article of people who are like in their home in their pajamas all day, um, kind of chilling and you know baking bread and doing crafts. Anyone that I know, they're getting up before the sun comes up. They're um, working before their family gets up. Then they're getting the kids up and doing virtual school or getting them out the door. 
And it's an all day thing. People are working more than ever. So this is part of the um, knowing when you need to pause. It's also sort of the, the tip I'll give of know when you need to walk away from something. Sometimes I'll just be working on something and just be sort of in a funk with it. Like I can't even think of it from a, a clear perspective anymore. But I might walk away for a few hours or walk away for the e- from the evening, go to sleep, wake up, be refreshed. Very, very important. Another part of loving your to-do list is be unplugged at times. Don't have your phone with you all the time. I have noticed that I have not had my phone with me every moment. And I think it's just a subconscious thing that I'm doing where a lot of times I'll leave it in my bag and my bag won't be with me. Like, for example, I'll have my bag up in my bedroom and my phone will be in it. And I might be downstairs working on emails or working on a document. Or at the office, my phone will still be in my bag and I and I haven't pulled it out. And just kind of unplugging a little bit. I know that's probably not completely unplugged because I'm on the computer, but... Um, Getting away from your phone is very important. Also, getting completely unplugged is very important. I used my laptop so much on Friday. It went from 100% to 0%, and I had to get away for a while. So I rented a movie theater at Harkins for $150 and had my whole family meet me for a movie, and that was my Friday night. And I'll talk about the movie in a minute. But if I wouldn't have done that and just kept plowing, charged my laptop and kept plowing through things, it would have been very, very bad for me. Um, also, as part of being unplugged, do some things with your family. I um, did a, we, for the Saturday and Sunday, as I'm recording this, it's um, Sunday night. On Saturday and Sunday, I sat with my three daughters and Um, On Sunday, my husband joined us too, and we played Apples to Apples. Apples to Apples is a really great family game. I had never heard of it. My daughters have heard heard of it, and and I don't even know where it came from. I think one of them got it for Christmas one year. And it's a game that you can play that's not... You can play it as long as you want to play it. Like, you can have you know, each player, you can play to five points or seven points, or you can go through the whole deck. And I won't explain the whole, um, all the directions that go with it, but it's a simple game on top of it. It's not one of those games where there's, you know, you take out this huge pamphlet and you're reading it and, and then you have to keep consulting it. Nope. It's nice and easy, like nice and easy and, um, lots of fun. Another thing I do in terms of um, loving my to-do list is I set a timer and I set a timer a lot. So for instance, if I'm plowing through some emails, like I could literally spend probably, oh, I bet three hours a day on emails. And sometimes I have to, like I have to get through them. It's how I get a ton of information from clients, from the courts, from opposing counsel. So I have to get through them as much as I can. But at the same time, 
I have other things to do, which involve not answering emails. So sometimes I'll say, okay, I'm going to set a 15 minute timer and just get through as many emails as I can. And I'm not the greatest at sticking to it sometimes because sometimes you get to 14 minutes and 55 seconds and then you're in the middle of an email and it spills over. Or I'll reset my timer for another 15 minutes and give myself another 15 minutes. I do this on projects as well. Um, I had a project where for several months I was reading the hugest amount of transcripts. It was just so many transcripts, thousands of pages. And I would set a timer and read the transcripts for 30 minutes or an hour. And when I dedicated my time to doing that and just solely doing that, I started to chip away at it, chip away at the big projects. So I do that all the time with timers. Another thing I do with a timer is exercising. I will have to admit I am having the hardest time with a consistent exercise program. I am walking um, fairly frequently, I would say almost daily. And on Saturdays, I take a really long walk. And until a year ago, I used to work out with a trainer. And so a year ago, I stopped working out with the trainer and started going to the gym on my own as much as I could. And, and I found that to be difficult because when I worked out with the trainer, it was an appointment. It was an appointment that I had to be at, which made it much more manageable for me. When it was working out at the gym, I tried to make it like an appointment and I would do some classes as well, but um, it wasn't the same. It's much easier to blow off a class, which I don't even think they're having them right now, or much easier to blow off a, a time frame of going to the gym than it is to blow off your trainer, who's probably much more expensive than the gym anyways. So now what I do is, um, besides walking, and I when I walk, I always take my grandson with, so I'm pushing a stroller, which I think is a little bit better exercise, and I'm spending some time with him, so I feel like I'm doing double duty, so that's important to me. And then on the exercise front, I do these YouTube videos, and it's a, YouTube, a YouTuber named um, Pamela Reef, R-E-I-F, and she does great videos. She does like booty workouts and abs and full body workouts and most of her workouts are equipment free so you don't have to worry about getting the equipment. And she plays really fun music like really fun popular songs not just some weirdo songs that her friend made or something. Like she had J-Lo music and Ed Sheeran just really good music. And her videos go anywhere from five minutes to 45 minutes. And sometimes I'll do a 30 minute, but only do half of it. And then I'll go back to the other half, maybe the next day or later in the day. And I'm just trying to squeeze in these little bit of this little bit of exercise. And the exercise is part of my to do list. Like it's something that I try to make sure that I do. And it's not perfect. There sometimes will be a day or two where I don't get any physical activity and it starts to wear on me in a mental and physical way. Um, even if I just take a walk around the block, I'm like, okay, great, I've done something. There was a couple of days, um, maybe about a week or two ago, it got kind of chilly here 
and I was also working long hours. So it was too chilly to go first thing in the morning. It was too chilly to go later at night. And then I didn't have any time midday. And I wasn't having time to do the videos. So I just keep it in the back of my mind. And I give myself these little notes that I keep um, in my closet. And the notes will literally say 10 to 15 minute workout. It will also say... Um, read your magazines for 30 minutes. Just little things where I have like some little things that I'm doing. I have notes that say do a load of laundry. Just things that will just remind me to do the things that I need to do to keep being a living functional person. I was reading an article and um, someone had an interesting um, tip for time management and was and it was to downgrade your phone. I'm not there yet, but I actually thought it was interesting, which is that if you had a phone that had much less features, would you get more done? Because I'm set down my phone quite a bit and because I don't do a ton of social media, um, I think that I'm not there yet. But it is something I will keep in mind. Another thing to love your to-do list is manage your stress. And this is sort of the everything that I've been saying, which is make sure you have time to exercise. Make sure you have time to do the things you enjoy, that you sit down and do things that aren't on a to-do list, that you sit down and read, take a walk, play a board game. Um, a big one for my husband lately is frisbee golf. Like he um, and my brother have been playing a ton of frisbee golf. Like if you have a hobby like that, do it. Make sure you do it. It's very, very important. Um, another thing is to just celebrate. Like have that on your to-do list. And that was a little bit of what we did on Friday, which was I had a long week and was very heavily scheduled. Um, this week will be the same thing. I think I have four days of court. And court's become a new animal. It is sitting in a chair and constantly stressing, is my internet connection up? And can the judge hear me? And can't, is my client on the line? Like it's, it's become a, a different thing. Where before, you would go in and talk in front of the judge, and that had its own stressors. But then um, you would have your client there, so you could speak to your client. Or you would physically have the exhibits there, or the opposing counsel. Like another thing that I've noticed is a lot of times prior to a hearing... You and the opposing counsel get there a little bit early and work a couple things out. You really don't have that. I've had it where I've gotten on the phone with the opposing counsel before a hearing and, and worked some things out. But the problem with that even is everyone is so heavily scheduled that you have hearings butting up against hearings. Like in the past, if you had an afternoon hearing, you couldn't have... Like, say, for example, if you had a 2 o'clock hearing in North Phoenix, you couldn't have a 3 o'clock hearing downtown. Now you can, and because you're doing it virtually. 
And it's just more and more difficult to have actually any open time or time where you may be running into opposing counsel and being able to talk things out. So where I was going with that is make sure you take some time to um, relax and decompress and celebrate and celebrate anything, even if it's just the end of the week. So I mentioned it in my last podcast was that Harkins has a thing um, where you can do a private movie party and you just pick the time, like there's select times, like you don't pick your own time, but there's select times, which are pretty much every hour, every hour and a half. And then there will be a list of movies that you can pick. The movies are between $100 and $150. You can have up to 20 people. So if you have 20 people, that's what it would cost to go to the movies or even more. And, um, and we've had, in the last two that we've done, we've had about 15. So I feel like I've really gotten my money's worth. So this week on Friday, uh, we saw a movie called Freaky. And it was a Blumhouse production. And I've talked about it before. I really love the Blumhouse productions. They do horror movies great. They have a few misfires, but for the most part, I think they do it really well. This movie was so fun. It It's called Freaky, so it's Freaky Friday, except with a serial killer. And Vince Vaughn was the serial killer. So he was super fun. I mean, how do you have Vince Vaughn in a movie like this? And then he switched bodies with a teenage girl. So, of course, now he's the teenage girl, and he was very fun like just the greatest and there was um some killings (laughs) in the movie because he was a serial killer and they made the killings um uh, like over the top you know like over the top out of this world so that um it was more comedic I mean I know death is never funny but um the way that they did this it was so over the top it didn't you know, it just felt like a, like a farce. Um, so they just did a really good job with it. It was funny. And the girl who played the girl who then was Vince Vaughn, the serial killer, um, she was fun as well. And it was very by the numbers in a way, like it was nothing you wouldn't expect, but it was also very enjoyable. It was short. It was an hour and a half and it was a great way to spend Friday night. If you haven't seen that movie and were thinking you weren't going to see it, it's a fun movie. And I know there's not a ton of new releases out there. This one was, um, I think, worth it. This is worth a night out at the movies just to have fun and forget. Um, on, I'm trying to think if I have any referrals for anything else. I um, was watching a, a little bit of Ted Lasso on Apple TV. If you... Apple TV, I think I'm getting free right now through Sprint, and um, otherwise it's five bucks a month. They have some new movies on it. If you have Apple products and you purchase movies, then your 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 purchase movies will pop up, and then they have their own programming. They have a bunch of TV shows. They have some documentaries. They have the new Sofia Coppola movie, which I haven't watched yet, but I was watching some Ted Lasso, and it was pretty good, and I was also watching a show called The Servant, which is executive produced by M. Night Shyamalan, and it's okay. Like, I've just been going kind of back and forth to it, and it's um, it's not 
terrible. It's not worth, uh, it's not, um, it's not like the best movie or the best show you've ever seen, but it's interesting enough. And I've just been kind of skipping back and forth to it. And I don't know if I mentioned last week that I was watching and I finished it this week, I'll be gone in the dark. So I read the book, um, probably a year or two ago. It was not too long after it came out by Michelle McNamara about the Golden State Killer. And this was before the killer was found. And then she, she passed away when she was writing the book. And after that, like very soon after that, her book was published and the Golden State Killer was found. So the, the documentary that uses the same title of the book, it goes through everything in the book. It goes through more about Michelle that was probably what I liked best was learning about Michelle, the author, and what she was going through writing this book. It was sad and interesting, and um, it felt a little voyeuristic, like like you were looking into her life. and And I really liked her. Um, I liked her as a person. She seemed very sweet, very relatable. And it's so sad that she died so young. I think she was 46, maybe. And it gets more into her death and the tragedy behind her death and the young daughter she left behind and her husband that she left behind, who is the comedian Patton Oswald. And there's a ton of interviews with him. And then the interesting part, especially if you read the book, is that so when they filmed this, the Golden State Killer was caught and his identity was known and he was in jail. So all of that is filled in from since the time of the book. Um, and that part was very interesting. It like felt like closure. Because when you read the book, he's not caught. He's just still out there. And then, um, like I knew he was caught. It wasn't a surprise to me because it was on the news. But it fills in all those blanks Um that you didn't know in the book. So if you haven't seen that, that's on HBO. So I'm going to wrap it up for tonight. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name and under um, my law firm, Law Office of Florence Brummer. I'm also on Patreon. Thanks so much, and I will talk to you next week.